0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Books with Jen. Today is a very casual one. I'm joined by the lovely Jean from Bookish Thoughts. Jean is a friend of mine. She has a YouTube channel where she talks about books. She also has her own podcast where she talks about classics and antiquity. It's called That's Ancient History. So I'll leave details of all of those things in the show notes down below. Jean and I are going to be talking about our year in reading and what we're looking forward to in the new year, any books we've got on our end of year TBR, and we're going to play a game together too. So keep on listening.
1: Hi Jean, how are you? I'm good thanks, I'm excited to see you. I know. You, yeah you've been away on your honeymoon for ages. I know,
0: was saying to you it feels really weird recording again because I pre-recorded loads of stuff before I went away and I feel like I've forgotten how to do it. This is like our fourth intro because we just sounded like we didn't know each other and we'd never met. <laughs> like
1: weird robot people. Yeah like, I know, I am a person. <laughs>
0: Well, normally on this podcast I interview authors and we have all publishers and we have a chat about the industry and I thought we'd just have a, a casual one today, me and yeah. Jean, and we can talk about our year in review. Yeah. So I asked on Instagram if there are any things that people wanted us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um and we're also gonna play a game in a bit, which I'm very excited to right too. too. gonna play a game. Um so I'm looking at the list that people asked us about. Um I think this one's quite nice and also I think really appropriate for this time of year. Your mm-hmm. thoughts on rereading? Mm. And also, maybe this can tie in. People also ask us to talk about public libraries. Um, mm. And so, I used to reread all the time mm. when I was younger. I don't do it as much anymore because I panic thinking there are all these new things that I should, mm. should be reading. Uh, there were air quotes there that you couldn't see. <laughs> um, I like
1: rereading on audio. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And it's funny you say that about like tying into public libraries because I still reread, but yeah, definitely not as much as I did when I was a kid. And one of the things I think when I was a kid, I think, like, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, like, we're obviously in quite this privileged position, not only do we, like, have our own incomes now to spend on books, mm. but, like, we also get sent a lot of free books. Yeah. Whereas, like, when I was a kid, most of what I read was from the library. Oh yeah, me too. And I'd quite often take out the same books over and over and over again mm-hmm. and just reread them. I mean, I would read new books too, but I must, like, if I could have ever seen my record, it would have probably been, like, Jean has borrowed Vlad the Drack 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, no, I used to take out, okay, so what I, um, The Indian in the Covered by Linda Reed Banks. Uh-huh. I never read
1: that one, but I remember.
0: Um, My Best Fiend by Sheila Lavelle, mm-hmm. which was about a girl called Charlie who's a tomboy and her best friend was called Angela who's blonde and beautiful and, um, they always, uh, Angela always played pranks on Charlie or things would happen and it would just go wrong and Charlie would be always mm-hmm. the one who got in trouble. Um... And there Was a whole series of those. I think they were kind of like young Georgia Nicholson books, yeah, in a way. Um, uh, so there was what else did I take out? Oh, yeah, when I Hit the talking rabbit, all the famous five books. I did own mm. a few of those, but I used to take them out on audio from the library, and they had VHS of um the, the t- old ones before the new ones came out. With Jemima Rupa, she was my oh, first I, crush. She played George in the like the 90s TV version. It's the, of the 90s five.
1: one that I've seen, and there's a little theme tune that go we are the famous five and Timmy the dog
0: too no I I just realised what I was singing was the animals of (laughs)
1: fatherhood but that also might not be the tune because I am done there, but it was something like that because my granny used to have VHS's of it no there was no
0: like song there was music but there was no song so yeah, maybe you've maybe. seen an old maybe it's the older version okay. that you've seen. I used to take out Famous Five for the library as well. I Loved yeah. the Famous Five. I think it was like it was comforting to take out stuff that I already knew, but yeah. also I think I felt a little bit overwhelmed with everything that I could read. Mm. So I went back to things that I found quite comforting. But every Saturday I would go to the library yeah. and we'd be there for hours. Yeah. Um, and I'd take out as many things as possible. And even when I was allowed into the adult section of the library, I still just went into the kids' section.
1: yeah, um, kids sections, yeah. Was such a nice atmosphere in the kids' section of the library. At least there was not mine It had like little toys. It was all set up really nicely. It like, felt like a little play area almost. Oh, we didn't have any toys. I don't remember having toys. <laughs> um, but my... I don't, I don't know if this is like... Don't do this, probably. Mm. But it didn't seem like a big deal at the time. Um, our local library when I was a kid and we lived in our old flat um, was next to the supermarket. Yeah. So my parents would put me in the library while they went to the supermarket.
0: Oh, your parents were those parents, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but like, I was not like, they wouldn't say like, oh, look, take care of my child. There was like other unaccompanied, it was just like almost How like... How old were you though? Under 10? That's
0: okay. Yeah. That's all right. Like, like I, I just mean like when English. I... English. You no, know, it's fine. It's just when I worked as a bookseller... There was a Tesco next to us, and people would leave their toddlers okay. in. I and I'm just like, weirdo- I, I not am a not a, pub- a child-minded. Yeah, it's
1: not a public, either. public space either. <laughs> like, no, that's true. <laughs> it's a bit exactly. exactly. No,
0: libraries are different. Also, you you were older, and you're there reading. That's, yes. that's very and, different. yeah,
1: no, I was I was quite happy. And then my dad would, mum and dad would come in after once he got the shopping, and my dad would get his books. Yeah. But he obviously, I would want to spend more time there than necessarily he would. He would just get his books and leave. Whereas I would be like, Oh my god, all of the choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um,
0: yeah, I also wrote at my library. Every Thursday I would go and my mum would pay 20 pence and I was there, allowed to be there for like an hour and a half, I think it was, and they'd give us a writing exercise and a group, uh, a group, a cup of um, diluted orange squash <laughs> uh, and then we would read our stuff out
1: to each other. Um, oh. And I think I was about eight or nine That's when I did that. That's that one cute. of the wonderful things about libraries is they're not just... Free bookshops, like they're, they're community spaces and they oh, do yeah. lots of other things as well, and they're places for people to go. Um, I think, especially now as well, like with computers and everything, yes. people don't have them at home. Also, I know that our local library helps people fill out like CVs, yeah, job applications, um, like uh, universal credit stuff. I know people mm. have been using their libraries to do that. Yeah. Because um, I recently went on a demonstration in London mm-hmm. um, for the Save Our Libraries campaign. And there was some good speakers at the end when we got to Parliament sort of just talking about like the benefits of libraries. It was also for museums, it was sort of about like public cultural institutions. Mm. Um and apparently they're all like I think there's um like black history archives in London, some sort of like slash library place. And they're like about potentially to lose their funding. Yeah. And then they'll close down and it's like the only place like that in England as far as I know. Mm. So no, it's important, yeah.
0: and also um, some people have spoken to me, because I think there's some confusion about what libraries do for authors as well, um, but libraries mm. pay authors, mm. um, in the UK, um, I think, Oh, try, let me try and get this right, because I get my PLR once a year, so PLR is your Public Lending
1: Rights, Okay. I think,
0: I think that's yes. the right acronym, PLR is my Public Lending Rights, and every year I get a payment from uh, libraries, so I receive, it's about seven pence every time someone takes out my book. Which is great, and yeah. then there's a cap on that. An author can earn up to six thousand okay. pounds.
1: So, like, if you're a JK Rowling, exactly, <laughs> or a Gayman, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. then,
0: then it caps out and it stops. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, that's how much you get, and it's um, so it's, it is great, and it does help authors too. Yeah.
1: And that's like why, if your library doesn't have a book that you want, then you should ask them to order it in because oh, yeah. you're supporting the author still. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, please, 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 definitely do that. Get
1: all your libraries to make sure they have all of Jen's books. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> from from my from my uh, from my my mouth to ears. Thank you. <laughs> That's
0: why I've got a her you know? promotion. Okay, so let's go back to rereading then. So you don't reread as much as you used to now. No, but
1: I still do reread. Yeah, I just don't. I think, like you say, there's always so much more that you want to read. But I would, between like. Four Five and ten books a year I read, or probably rereads. Are there ones that you go to again and again and yeah. again? Yeah, they're usually books I reread regularly, and like every now and then, a new book will enter my my rereading circle. Like yeah, my <laughs> yeah. sphere of rereading. So recently, I became obsessed with an author, and I just downloaded the audiobook of Daughters of the Forest, which is a book I read for the first time this year. But I'm like, I want the audiobook because I know I already feel like rereading it. Mm. So I like having the audiobooks because then you can easily just switch them on. And the one thing about rereading is that sometimes I don't even finish my reread if I'm listening to an audiobook. It's a bit like I'll listen to half a Harry Potter book. Yeah. Because it's just a bit comforting, it's familiar. And it's you just not want to about, step into uh, the steps. Yeah, I don't need to know the ending again. It's just yeah. it's more about like a like almost like a safe space, isn't yeah.
0: it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just I'm listening to The Goblet of Fire again mm. on audiobook at the moment. Yeah. And I think especially that one for this time of year mm. with all the Yule Ball stuff and I'm yeah. like Yeah, this is nice. <laughs> this is nice. Yeah, so if you're rereading for me, Harry Potter audiobooks. I love rereading his dark materials, and every time I reread those, I get something new yeah. from those. Um, what's a book you would really want to
1: reread that you've only read once? Well, Daughter of the Forest. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm, I'm. The thing is, this it's funny because this author, Julia really started reading her this year. I'm on my sixth book by her, and she has about twenty books currently published. Mm. But I'm actually at the moment after this book feeling more drawn to going back and rereading one of the ones i've already read than starting a new one yeah mm. i don't know what that is I, I i can't quite explain that feeling but it's on maybe it's like you're trying to draw out the experience or something but i really want to either like at the end of this year or beginning of next year listen to that book again
0: well also i think isn't it you pride yourself on your knowledge of fandom when you love something like That's that true. Like, i want to know all of the things so that i can speak knowledgeably on this topic yeah true yeah cuz also when you love something I don't know if this is just me, I don't want to speak for you, but I forget specific details. I'm just like, you must read it, it's so good. And yeah. I find it hard to articulate why I think it's so mm-hmm. good because I'm just left with this warmth.
1: Yeah, no, totally. The, the more you read it, like the more those details stick with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. I always find when I reread Terry Pratchett books, which is another thing I do quite often on audiobook, because they're quite comical books, mm. there's always like a joke or a pun that I didn't notice the first time and I get to laugh out loud and ha, what a hilarious man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so,
0: we've touched on Juliet Murillo really for you. <laughs> yeah, that's so, my year in reading. <laughs> exactly, I was going to say, so let's move on to our year in reading. How's this year gone for you? You said you read nearly
1: 100 books this year. Yes, I have read 98 books. I've read High five. <laughs> and uh, no problem with, like, getting 100. I'm already in the middle of a few. And obviously it's only November just now. Yeah. I haven't read 100 books in a year since I was a kid, though. Yeah. I think over the past... Since I started doing BookTube, I definitely started reading more again. But I'm, I think the most I've read in the past few years is like 80 books. And it's always been somewhere between like 50 and 80, I'd say, over the past few years as an adult. Mm. So this is like the most I've read in a long time. And I think part of it is because I got really, really back into like historical high fantasy. And I just find them such compulsive reads. Like mm. it's, it's Part of it is as well like a desire for escapism. And it is pure escapism. So I've been reading loads of like high fantasy books, but particularly by female authors, because I want female lead characters, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's like more common in uh, high fantasy written and been written by women. So I've been in a lot of that, and I think that's one of the reasons I've read a lot more as well. Oh, could just touch on that while we're talking about that, because we were asked about female friendships in literature.
0: Are there more f- female friendships in the high fantasy that you're reading because they're written by women, or not so much?
1: No, actually, I think they're mainly like sort of romances. Okay. and all heterosexual because this has uh, been one of my issues I've been trying to find more like uh, queer women relationships in high fantasy I've found a couple of books but definitely less so Mm -hmm. than heterosexual romances I'm trying to think is there any I mean sometimes but like some there it's a Some of the books definitely have, the ones that have got more details, like some of the Juliet Marillier ones, because I'll just use her as my example, Mm. obviously there's a lot of world building, there's lots of relationships with different people in the community and their families and stuff. So there's definitely some positive female relationships there for sure. But I wouldn't say they're ever the focus of the story. The focus is usually a romance between a man and a woman.
0: Yeah, well I'm often asked for recommendations of books with female friendships and I struggle a lot. There's Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney, but that's quite a toxic... Mm. Friendship. I mean, it is believable in the sense that I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, we've all had relationships like this, but I wouldn't say it's um, a fair representation of female <laughs> friendships as a whole. Yeah. And also, the, the relationship in question actually, they also used to date, so it's also okay. a bit um, more complicated. Yeah, it's more complicated. Um, and uh, Fran over at Fran Nerd, I know, has done a book on friendship, um, but that's a nonfiction book about mm. friendship. Um, my best fiend, which I mentioned before, I read when I was younger, but also that was quite a toxic friendship. Mm. Um, I suppose the problem is also I don't read many happy books in general. I, I, I read quite, um, dark, uh, twisted things a lot of the time. Uh, and if a relationship is brilliant, then, um, you need a like. There's always a problem, isn't there? Like yeah. it, it, in, in whatever kind of thing you're reading, and if the focus is friendship, then there's going to be an issue with the friendship that they have to sort out. Yeah. But um, no, I still think I, I still it's stumped. Underrepresented. Oh mentally. no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it absolutely is. And um, no. So I think we're going to have to come back to you on that. And if you guys have any recommendations, for, yes, please. Uh, books on female friendships, because um, positive ones. <laughs> yeah, positive ones.
1: Because my female, female friendships are so important to me yeah. and I feel like I... Yeah, I don't really care that. about them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it didn't,
1: didn't mean you.
0: <laughs> this is uh, Elena Ferrante, my best friend. Yeah, see, but I haven't, I I haven't read, read that. Those in Brilliant time. friend. Oh, that's no, sorry, that's it, yeah. My brilliant friend. <laughs> I don't really have any urge to hmm. read that one
1: so much. I mean, Harry Potter is still for a younger audience, but it's like you need that kind like... In my head, if I'm thinking I want a fantasy book, I need, like, something with that dynamic of, like, three really good friends. Mm. But, like, quite often there's more men than there are women. Like, wh- where's, like, the three female friends saving the world? Yeah, where is that? Yeah, exactly. Paper Girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah, i read that.
0: Okay, so you have read nearly 100 books this yeah. year. Yeah, how, how many mean? have you read? I have read probably... Four hundred, I think. <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't cataloged them all because I couldn't, because uh, most oh, of it's for prize reading. Yeah, you. No, I do not normally read. Okay, yeah, books. you
1: read for judging prizes as well. And I'm also, successful. it's different because I
0: haven't finished all of those books. Yeah. Either I finished the majority of them, but with prize judging, if you're really hating something and it's yep. not working for you then you stop Yeah. Um, and it might be that perhaps another judge will love it and mm-hmm. in which case it will be brought back to your attention and I have to revisit and finish yeah. it the other judges so that's kind of how that works um, But so actually the, the specific figure of how many books I've read in their entirety I don't know but yeah. it's, it's hundreds yeah. hundreds um, the one that I've loved the most this year is A Place for Us by Fatima Farhina Meza, which i was spoken about uh, so yeah. much, I'm sorry, I'm going to, and I'm not going to, actually I'm not going to apologise no. if we're talking about it again, and I recorded a podcast with Fatima which you can go and listen to if you would like to, she is a gem, and it's a family um, saga, mm-hmm. um, and it's just intricate and beautiful, lots of references to The Lion King as well, if you like The Lion King mm-hmm. then you should, you should read that. Um, so that has been one of my favourites actually I think I might I'm going to quickly go through my Goodreads
1: Okay. See. tell me a book you've read this year that you think I should read that I haven't already
0: have you read a place for us? nope Okay, but a different
1: one, just to like shake things up.
0: Hang on, I'm gonna go to my Goodreads and I'll tell you because obviously when we talk about books that we've read, I immediately forget everything that I have ever read. Because recently
1: I read, you haven't read Convenience Store Women, have you? I'm going to, but though. you will like it. Like um, I'm 100 percent sure that you will like it. I love that book. I am reviewing it for Toast in January, so oh. I am absolutely.
0: Uh, reading Have you read When Hit the Pink Rabbit? No. Then you need to read that too. And that's like a
1: classic as well. Isn't yeah, it?
0: it is. Yeah. Get on that tune. And it's really cool. <laughs> and it's middle grade, so hey. it's great. Okay, let's see. Books that I've read. Okay, I have really loved recently Names for the Sea by Sarah Moss, okay. uh, it's uh, about her time in Iceland, um, I read it when I was in Japan, which was really lovely because she's talking about feeling foreign in a place and how you're mm-hmm. worried about accidentally offending people by being that clumsy foreigner, yep. and obviously that's how, you know, I was, wor- I was worried about offending people, I kept on offending people by holding chopsticks incorrectly in Japan Um, and then they would correct me and then I would say no I have to hold them like this and then they would get really embarrassed because they'd realize thinking that they'd mortally offended me and then it was just this whole thing because offending people like in Japan that's like a terrible thing to do Mm. so and I just felt bad because they felt so bad yeah oh my god this is this is like (laughs) a huge summer dance oh dear um all right okay I'm scrolling through books that I have listed on goodreads have you read the restless girls yet no, but I love that. Okay, I'm you excited that. for that. Um, if you uh, don't know what that is, that is a a beautiful retelling of the twelve dancing princesses,
1: um, fairy tale. I also think you might like Salvage the Bones by Jasmine Ward. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the only Jasmine Ward I've read yet. Did you read Sing on Baritza? Yeah, I did. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Um, so this is the only one I've read by her but like I know that one got a lot of press obviously because it was shortlisted this year for the women's prize. But Salvage the Bones is really good. this is in the lead up to Hurricane Katrina mm. and it's in Mississippi and follows this young uh, girl who's just realised that she's pregnant. It's very good. It's just like in a few days of their family's life in that build up to okay, the... cool.
0: Yeah I would like to read more of hers because I felt that as much as I did like sing Unburied Sing, mm-hmm. it's very much derivative of um, Toni Morrison, Okay, uh, de- deliberately so, yeah. but I want to know more of what she is, yes. is like as herself, so um, yeah, I would like to read that. Um, standout ones for me were educated by Tara Westover. Um, I didn't really understand the hype for motherhood by Sheila Hetty, I found it very naive. But There was this one, because she's talking about motherhood and she says how she envies queer people. Yeah. Because they don't have to explain themselves for not having children and how she wishes that
1: were the case for her. And I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. missing the point here, <laughs> I think. I <laughs> uh, have to t- explain why they do want children. Yeah, exactly. Um, not even that, why they should be allowed to have them. Exactly. I think it's worse.
0: Mm. So that kind of tarred my reading of that. I loved England Poems from a School, which is an anthology of poetry mm-hmm. by. Um, Children who are immigrants or refugees and they are at Oxford Spies Academy um, and Kate Clancy is like their workshop mm-hmm. teacher and she's encouraged them to express themselves through poetry and it's so... So moving. I
1: enjoyed Ghost Wall by Sarah Moss. Yeah, everyone's been talking about that. Yeah, it's really good. I think you'd like Nevermoor as well. And I know everyone. No, I, I didn't like it. Oh, did you not? No. I felt like it was in the kind of realm of middle grade that you like.
0: No, I just found it I got very frustrated by the Harry Potter references in it. Mm. And I found um Jupiter North across between Albus Dumbledore and uh Gilderoy Lockhart. Because he's, you know, fabulous yeah. and uh, eccentric. And then he's also one, like, the snazziest man award the past four years yeah. or Like, it's all right. And I think I would have enjoyed it much more if I'd read it when I was younger. But I didn't understand the timeline or the purpose. You know, you go to Hogwarts and they're at school. So you yeah. can skip over time because you're like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. You're going to class. But with, um, Morrigan, who's living in a hotel. She's taken to this world called Nevermore. She's going to be doing entrance exams for the... Wondrous Society. Wondrous Society. Um... But she's not doing anything, like, and, and then there are you know, for days. And I found that lack of purpose really distressing. I'll just <laughs> like, say that I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm in the minority. Lots of people yeah. absolutely love it.
1: But that's fine. Not everybody yeah. can. Not all books can be loved by all. No, exactly. How's your writing going? It's a really good question, Jean. <laughs> Uh So let's talk, should we
0: talk about our year of writing then for okay, both of yeah. us? Sure. Um... So at the beginning of this year, I wrote Franklin 3, which is coming out next year. I don't think I'm allowed to say what the title is yet, but um, Franklin and Luna go on another adventure. They get lost somewhere and uh, they have to find their way back. (laughs) Um, And that was a lot of fun to do. And then I finished writing... My full-length poetry collection, which is called The Girl Aquarium, and that's coming out in April, which is going to come around really soon, I think. One of my most centres, the Peter dreams oh, of 2019. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, so, I finished writing that, um, and now I'm writing a novel, and it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm only at the very, very beginning of writing it, Um but it's set on an island and it's uh, very much about storytelling and, and fairy tales and <laughs> I'm so in it that I find it difficult to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I am speaking, if anyone's interested, I am speaking about it over on Patreon, not the novel itself, because I don't want to talk about details Is yet because things are changing, but how I feel about the writing process and um, how I am planning crafting and all of that stuff. So you can go and find out more about that over there. Um, it's, it's weird how how up and down I feel about it when Mm. when I'm actually working on it I'm like yes okay I can make this work if I leave it for too long I think I can never I'm never going to be able to go back to it yeah it's it's so ridiculous um it's a very new project though it is it is a very new project yeah it is a very new project but my editor likes what she's read so that's good um so I'm going to keep on going and hopefully finish it next year and then maybe it'll come out 2020 we'll see we shall see we shall see but t- t- tell me about your
1: writing do you assume you're writing a novel okay yeah but like i'm not a real author oh shut up um one of my like goals though for this year last year i found i was doing more creative writing again just like through my own volition because mm. i think part of it's you know like when so much of your life is trying to write academic writing for university and i'm doing a phd just now Um, like it's hard to like also then do like get your mindset into the so I'd I'd fallen out of the habit basically got back into the habit last year then this year I was like one of my goals was to keep writing more so at the beginning of the year I was working on I was like trying to write some little short stories and then I was like trying to work on this myth retelling that I'd started writing a while ago and then like sort of mid-year I was like do you know what I want to start a new project from the beginning and I wanted to challenge myself to write it like from chapter one page one first sentence to the end yeah exactly completely linearly which is not what I usually do like I it's funny because I feel like when uh, I get asked questions on the internet people seem to think I'm like super organized but my brain is not an organized place and I feel like whether I am writing academic stuff or writing fiction I am like trying to make jigsaw piece puzzles and then I have to fit them all together at the end like it's not I'm not like a linear writer but I have to say, I've been really enjoying it. I think it's working really well, writing, like, challenge myself to do that and I'm really glad and then sometimes I think, oh, I'm, I want this to happen at the this point in the book but I'm like, but I'm not going to write it down. I'll maybe make a note of it. Mm-hmm. I'm still just... I'll always make a note because I always think, yeah. I'll remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, more. but like, I won't try and write it in another document and yeah. start doing all of that. I was sort of like, I'm writing sentence by sentence so chapter by chapter so i've written the first nine chapters i've just started chapter 10 and i've got eighteen thousand words and it's a high fantasy novel with a queer romance between two women mm-hmm. and hopefully some good friendships yeah. <laughs> i mean i feel like the the thing is like the two characters that could end up in a romantic relationship start off as friends as, mm. like they meet and they're friends and then but there she does have female friends and male friends as well so and it's got dragons Obviously, I mean, I would be very disappointed if it did. It's got dragons and universities, and um, it's set in a world where the monarchy was uh, overthrown a century ago. Now they have a democratic parliament, and it's like oh, in a sort yeah. of historical fantasy world. <laughs> that sounds really good. I'm excited.
0: But I'm just, I think I'm like, excited for the story, but more excited yeah. that you're excited. Yeah. And that you're writing, and yeah, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's like it's it's just a nice thing to be doing. Yeah. I almost feel like I'm reading it because I'm writing it linearly. I'm just writing a fantasy novel that I know I would like mm. and getting to follow the story as it goes. Yeah, so it's fun. It's good. It's good for your your little gray cells. Yeah, keep up the practice. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All about practice. All about you know not necessarily writing every day, but just the habit of writing. Yeah. Should we play game? yeah okay right we're gonna play um a board game (laughs) but it's one that you'll be able to listen to it's not like we're just gonna play and you're gonna hear us moving pieces around and you're just not not gonna know what's going on you can play along with us yeah exactly yes you can play along with us so this part of the podcast is very kindly sponsored by oxford games i've been doing some work with them over on youtube they're a fantastic company they're a daughter and mother run company Mm. in oxford And I first came across them when I did a podcast with them a year ago called Ex Libris Live, which is a live recording podcast of one of their board games called Ex Libris, the game of first lines and last words, um, which I played with a group of authors. And we had to write a fake, a bluffed first line of a book after having the blurb read to us. And then the game master would have to guess which... Uh, line was the right line because the correct one would be shuffled in with all of our fake answers, and it was so much fun. So they have a board game of that that you can buy, and they also have other book-related board mm-hmm. games. Um, so the one that we're gonna play now is called Flummox. I'm gonna reach for it. Okay, Flummox, the foreign language bluffer's game, and in this it's a bit like Ex Libras, where we have to write not a fake first line but we're writing a fake definition for a word um so you need to play this really with more than two people so we're going to be playing it slightly differently Mm -hmm. um we're each going to have a word that's Mm -hmm. been given to us on one of the cards inside the game and it's in a foreign language and then it says what the actual definition is so we're going to take our word (laughs) and write down that word and the actual definition Mm -hmm. and then we're each gonna make up two fake definitions Mm -hmm. for the word we have and then we're gonna read the three definitions out to the other person and they have to guess which one is the right one
1: are we gonna keep score yeah how many rounds should we do should we do three rounds three each better three yeah Yeah. um i played this recently actually with a group of people and it was a lot of fun there's some it's so much fun because there's such a range of languages from like languages you wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see to like super obscure fictional languages and all of the words are really random it's great. And
0: what I like about games like this is that you can either be really serious mm-hmm. or you can play around and make up funny definitions yeah. or funny first lines and then people are thrown as yeah. to what actually is the right Yeah. Well one. sometimes
1: the actual definitions of the words do are seem funny. a bit funny so yeah.
0: yeah. Okay so we're gonna do this, we're gonna uh, scribble down our lines and we're gonna come back to you and read them out I'm feeling quite competitive. Also if you would like to purchase any of these bookish games you can go to the Oxford Games website which is oxfordgames.co.uk and if you enter the code GEN20, that's 20 in numbers not written out, GEN20 all in capitals, then you can get 20% off any Anything. Amazing. Do you know I've actually been using the code myself <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> to my Christmas presents? I've got a, co- uh, a copy of Flummox, the game that we're going to be playing for my brother, and one for my agent as well. Charlie, if you're listening to this, you're getting a board game for Christmas. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go scribble down and play, okay. and we'll come back to read them out to you all. We'll be back. Okay, we're back. Sorry, I have a mouthful of crisps. <laughs> I feel. Not that there's anything wrong with that. This is really fun. I've really. Yeah, it's really, really fun, and you can get very silly with it. <laughs> and with big groups of people, I think it'd be even more fun. Yeah. So, we've each picked a card, and each card is for one language. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six words on that card. So, we've each picked one word that we like on that card, and we've written two fake definitions and the real definition, and the other person has to guess. Mm-hmm. So, I what I'm going to give you, like, a really. an easiest ish one to start with. Oh. That it's not. It's not that silly. Um, yeah. But I quite liked it. So this is a Korean one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to read you what it says about Korean on the back. It says, Modern Korean derives from the ancient Korean Han dialect and is spoken by 50 to 60 million people in oh. North and South Korea and in colonies in China and Japan. Until the 19th century, Chinese were the main language of literature in Korea. And little was written in Korean until the novel came into favour in the 20th century. Mm. Knowledge, see? Learning things too. Okay, so Jean. Oh. The word is chip. Chip. In Korean. Okay. Is that a house, a cat, or a grandparent? A chip.
1: Um, a grandparent.
0: No, Jean. It's house. Not. It is a
1: ha- <laughs> house. House. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess again. It's a house. It is I a don't house. get the point, that's fine. But my house, I was torn between house and grandfather. So I get the point for that one. Okay. I made you guess the wrong one. Oh, I feel quite sly. Okay, all right, you'll go. Okay. You'll go. First up, I have Estonian. Oh, Estonian. So, Estonian is the official language of Estonia. Estonia. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Where it's spoken by about one million people. In addition, there are many thousands of emigre par- speakers in part of Russia, Western Europe, and North America. The language comprises two markedly different dialects. Which come close to being mutually unintelligible. <laughs> the modern literary standard is based on the Tallinn dialect. Centuries of German influence are reflected in the vocabulary of Estonia. Excellent. So. Okay, so what word do you have for me? Lamatuli. Lamatuli. Okay. Which could mean fox hide, sea of flames, or the specific color of leaves on the trees just before they fall. The third one. That would be wrong. Ah, oh, damn. It is Sea of Flames. <laughs> sea of Flames. I like that. It's
0: very dramatic, isn't it? Sea of Flames. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great word. Okay, so one point for Jean, so one each. All right, so I really like this one. Okay. So in this, um, in this game, there isn't just languages that we know um, but there are also some made up languages Mm -hmm. and there's also slang stuff so this one is wartime English which I love. So it says wartime English published by R. W. Zandrault in 15, 15? no in 1957 is a record of linguistic usage in Britain during the second world war. Many English words were given different and specific meanings during this period. Mm -hmm. Alright Jean so the word is fruit machine. (laughs) Fruit machine. So does fruit machine mean a beautiful woman who works on site, a complicated piece of machinery, or an eccentric general?
1: A beautiful woman. No. An eccentric general.
0: No, it's ah. a complicated piece of machinery. I just decided to make it something mm. quite that seemed, not like that. Yeah,
1: those seem that seemed too close, was my logic. Oh, see, know? you can bluff. This, this is a thing,
0: because yeah. I've seen some people say that they might be quite intimidated by these games. But it's not about knowing what the meanings oh, no. are. It's about <clears throat> pretending. <laughs> yeah, so much fun. Okay, right, What's, what is my second one?
1: Well, I went for an artificial language next. Ooh, what'd you get? Esperanto. Nice. <laughs> Esperanto was created in 1887 by a Polish occultist, Dr. L. L. Zamenhof, with the intention of it becoming the international second language. Although not used that widely, Esperanto is probably one of the most successful of the artificial international languages, and is spoken by an estimated 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. Some 30,000 books have been published in Esperanto to date. Nice. Okay. So I have gone for Piso. Piso. Piso, which could mean fireworks, sock, or pee. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) Fireworks. Sorry, what was the middle one? Sock. Sock or pee. Mm Mm-hmm. Fireworks. No, I no, <laughs> I didn't go for P because I thought that was too close. <laughs> we did the same oh, thing. We did the same thing. We're tripping ourselves yeah. up. Okay, right. So my last one is Icelandic for Eugene. Ooh. So Icelandic says so. Old Icelandic, oh. uh, old Icelandic, also known as Old Norse, is the classical North Germanic language of Iceland from eleven fifty to thirteen fifty, in which are written the Norse sagas. Mm. Okay, so the word is Brunnhilde. Bruna McKill, mm, I like mm. it. What is Does he? this mean, Bruna McKill, that you are bald, that you have hairy legs, or that you have bushy
1: eyebrows? That you have bushy eyebrows. Ah,
0: oh, you got it right! Oh no, I think she's gonna win. Oh dear, you're in the lead. Okay, all right. Oh, I you don't get, get a chance to tie. To tie, I do. All right. What is it? What is you it? You will it? never guess what I'm going <laughs> for. Scots. Did you?
1: <laughs> My Anita is not really me, but. Um, Scots is a language of Lowland Scotland, mm-hmm. which is where I'm from, the area lying to the north, east, and south of the Scottish Highlands. <laughs> well, you
0: know, just just <laughs> so everywhere just, apart from the <laughs> Scottish
1: Highlands. Yes. Um, if, if, for an extra fact, because yeah, Scottish Gaelic is what they spoke in the Highlands. There you go. Uh, whether Scots should be regarded as a distinct language, as opposed to a regional dialect of English, has been questioned and discussed since the 16th century to the present day. Interruption from Jean, it is a proper language. That's the answer to that bit. (laughs) The concise Scots Dictionary argues that given the linguistic distinctiveness of Scots, its individual history, its own remarkable literature, and the fact that since the 16th 16th century Scots has adopted the nation's name Scots should be indeed regarded as a rich and living language. Well, see, they agree with you, so that's all right. Well, the Scots Dictionary agrees with me. Yeah. Which isn't that surprising. (laughs) Anyway. Um, it's funny because actually the first video we ever filmed together. What was this? That was, one. Yeah, me getting you to guess Scots words and me getting you to guess Jody words. Yep. Okay, so this one wasn't in that video, <laughs> and it's Moore. Masimo. Moore, which can mean dungeon of a castle, the traditional shirt worn with a kilt, or a sheep pen. <laughs> a sheep pen. No, dungeon no. of a castle. No. <laughs> <Dungeon work>. Oh. <laughs> Well done Jean, well done. Fair enough. That was fun. Queen of Flummoxed. Yeah. Okay.
0: No, we'll have another game later. (laughs) And I'll try and beat you. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Okay, it's lots of fun. This one, as I said, is called Flummoxed. Uh, the full name of it is Flummox, the foreign language bluffer's guide. There's also Ex Libris, the game of first lines and last words, which is where you have to make up the uh, first or last lines of a book when you're given the blurb. There's Anagram, the ingenious game of juggling words, so an anagram game, and there's also a book memory game, a comprehension game that I have been playing with Mr. M and my mother-in-law. It's it's harder than it looks, but it's so much fun. Also I think it's really good for your brain.
1: Really?
0: I think so. Um, when I was in uh, Wigtown, at the book festival, uh, yeah, sorry, Jean's just holding up the game. It's called Bookworm, the game of reading and remembering. Thank you, Jean. <laughs> uh, where you read a paragraph from a book to someone and then you ask them four questions about Ooh. it. And if they get one right, they can move forward along the board. And if they get one wrong, you can ask the other people who are playing mm. and they can steal your points. Um, and uh, yeah, when I was in Wigtown, we were talking to an author who'd written a book on the brain and he said that if you want to stop yourself or from it, not stop yourself, give yourself a better chance of not getting Alzheimer's or dementia, you should do three things. You should learn a foreign language, you should learn how to play an instrument, and you should play board games that make you think. Um, you don't have to be good at any of those things, but that is th- those are things that um, like make your brain exercises. think in a different way, and they use different pathways. So if you have a stroke, or if you get dementia, you can reroute your brain in different ways, um, but you can only reroute if those pathways are active, and to keep them active, you should do those things. And I do not know foreign languages. I should get on that.
1: I'm going to try harder ancient Greek. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, New Year's resolution, guys. New Year's resolutions. So you can go to oxfordgames.co.uk and if you use the code GEN20, which is GEN20 in caps, then you can get 20% off everything and they ship internationally. Go treat yourself. Thanks, Oxford Games, for sponsoring this part of the podcast. <laughs> this was fun.
1: It was fun. It Thanks was very, for very me.
0: Fun. No, I, this is not the end of podcast jean i have oh. a couple of questions <laughs> left for you we were doing our year in review so are there any books that you want to read by the end of the year
1: yeah i did an end of year tbr i can't really remember what was on it no i know there's a couple of books i'm definitely going to be reading because they're for book clubs yep. um so home fire by camilla Shamsi and kindred by octavia e butler mm-hmm. i will definitely read because they're from my book clubs and i always do my book club books um
0: yeah, those are my top priorities. <laughs> okay, I want to read The Bear and the Nightingale because I've had it on my winter TBR yeah. for forever. And I was unsure about it because I'd heard some negative things and it had been so mm. hugely popular and positive before that, which actually makes me slightly yeah. wary of reading it. But I have had lots and lots and lots of people telling me that mm. they love it. So um, I think I'm going to pick that one up mm. see what I
1: think of it. Lauren read and enjoyed it recently because she borrowed it off me.
0: Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. And then I also want to read... Um, uh, uh, well, I need to read my Patreon book club picks, which are The Winter People by Jennifer Mahan mm-hmm. and If They Come For Us by um, Fatima Ozgar. Also, I'm going to read The Illumination of Ursula Flight by Anna Marie Crowhurst. Hurst. It's just a robin. Oh, she <laughs> was looking out the window, looking very confused. It's a robin. Okay. Yeah, The Illumination <laughs> of Ur- Ursula Flight by Anna Marie Crowhurst. Um, and I think those are the ones I want to get to soon. Mm-hmm. And most anticipated releases for next year, please.
1: Oh my God, so many. I, well, I've been making a list for so that video. I. I don't know if I've got them on my phone though. Marlon I think they James. might be on my computer. Yes, Marlon, Marlon James's James, um, new which, book, which is a
0: fantasy book. Is it what's it called? Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Something or like that. Red Leopard, Red Leopard, Black Wolf. Can't remember. But is an epic fantasy set in Africa, and I'm hope, I'm just I, I'm so excited about that. Very much excited. There's also a book called, I think it's called My Name is a Monster, which is inspired by Frankenstein and is a post-apocalyptic book, which I'm very excited about. Ali Smith's Spring, which is coming out in the spring. (laughs) Excited about that. Um,
1: Jen's Poetry Book. Oh, thank thank you. So, mine, you've read it. Yeah, I have. I have read it. That is true. (laughs) Um, What else?
0: I have a list here, too, but I don't want to give everything away. Let's see. Uh, Oh, Lanny. Lanny, which is um, oh, Porter's new book, yes. and uh, Chigozie Obioma has his new book out too, which I'm very excited about. I've got a proof copy of that downstairs. Um, he is the author of *The Fishermen*. We love, we love Chigozie he's a babe Gingerbread by Helen Oyemi I'm very excited about that Pan Mac don't have a brief copy sent to me I'm quite I'm, I'm, me neither
1: I'm very yeah, sad. I'm sad but it's fine when it does come it'll be worth it yeah,
0: yeah and I actually need to read White is for Witching by her oh too. I love White
1: is for Witching yeah, I've heard such good um, things also I've been hearing good things about The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon which I've is heard a high such good things yeah. about that and it's got dragons oh my
0: goodness so I'm there you're there Yeah. Um, okay, so I think we could probably list lots of things, but uh, let's stop, (laughs) let's save some for our most anticipated releases (laughs) 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 videos. Um, okay, so, um, should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up and go eat more Doritos because we haven't eaten enough already. Oh my God, we've eaten so many. (laughs) Um, and we're going to go write this afternoon, aren't we? Mm. We're going to write, we've got Anna coming round, I think. Lovely Anna, James, uh, who wrote Pages & Co. Also have an episode of a podcast with her if you want to search for that. She's on Deadline. Um, but uh, I'm, she was at the National Book Awards last night so hmm. I'm not sure what time she's going to get here but when she does I'm going to be having a group writing session uh, and it's going to be great. Okay so we wrap, we'll wrap this up, um, if you're watching this on YouTube leave a comment down below let us know your favourite books of the year and your recommendations books for books with female friendships or you can tweet us, we'll also leave all the details in the show notes and if you would like to purchase a bookish board game you can do so, you can uh, use the code GEN20 to get 20% off. All details of that in the show notes
1: too. Thank you very much, Jean. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.